Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Guitar Nerds is sponsored by Reverend Guitars, and we are very happy about that because we really love Reverend. Well-built, affordable, unique, extremely cool, retro with modern sensibilities. Recently, we've had a Jetstream 390 and a Greg Koch Gristlemaster sent to us from Merchant City Music in Glasgow, and we've loved them both. The Jetstream is a gorgeous, reverend, original, jaggedly shaped retro offset with three specially voiced P90 pickups and a deliciously roasted maple neck. The Gristlemaster is an oversized T-style guitar with the incredible sounding Fishman Tele pickups, a Firebird style ramp and a tonal palette so broad you'll never need another guitar. Seriously, their range is massive. Choose from a fantastic spread of bolt-ons, set necks, basses and unique signature models. If you love guitars and you love this podcast then I'm afraid you're going to need one. Check them out at reverendguitars.com. And welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Matt Knight. Good evening. And Jay Cross. Bad morning. (laughs) It is often a bad morning when you've been drinking as heavily as we all do. All Um, right, mate. Speak for yourself. No, no, that's actually true. Just before we were podcasting, you guys uh, spent the last 20 minutes talking about running and stuff. We did. And that was... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's just... I, I'll exercise at some point again in the future. <laughs> Hello that right, that and right welcome is to the strong. Running Nerds podcast, <laughs> the world's number one running nerds podcast. Jogging. Do it while running. Oh, that's oh a now idea. that's a shout. That's, that's a actually shout. a great what idea. What about? I reckon. What's a um? What, what's a triathlon if it's four? A quadrathlon? Quadrathlon. Yeah. We should do a quadrathlon. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. And, um, what's that? Does it? No triathlon. Oh, no, no, because no, you can have a decathlon, can't you? A decathlon's what, ten, but I. What happens got, in that? We we don't have seven mates, Matt. That's the problem. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. We could. Well, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess we could. We could include Mark. Um. So, well, I was I was tentatively including Mark, which is four. Occasional we could, course, Mark. We could get uh, JD and Naomi. I mean, we we could we could do a uh, yeah. heptathlon or septathlon. Septathlon would be sept. Seven. Is that seven? I mean, let's do I, it. Uh, my my Latin is not quite uh, yes mm. no yeah, sept really. is uh, is is seven wait no there's six isn't it so that's heptathlon I don't know this week on no, the uh... how is hep- <laughs> hept is also seven what's the six sided welcome to the Latin podcast the world's worst Latin <laughs> podcast <laughs> heptagon did I say hept no 
That's still heptagon. That's still seven. Hexagon. A hexagon is six. Absolutely. Everybody, don't panic. I looked <laughs> it up on the internet. Well, and, and you know, I'm only sorry you didn't do that earlier. A hexathlon. So, right, here's what we're going to do. A hexathlon. Uh, so, um, clearly, either me or Matty will have to run. So, maybe, Matty, you run. Maybe I'll cycle. Uh, Mark can climb whilst okay. podcasting. Joe, what's your favourite um, well, Olympi- Olympic I sport? I can drink or, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I could, well, I could consume anything, really. It doesn't <laughs> matter. I don't matter. <laughs> consume anything. <laughs> the you can be the, planets. the Joey Chestnut of the uh, Gitanas community. Joey Chestnut. You could speed eat whilst podcasting. <laughs> oh, that's awful. <laughs> No, that would be great. That'd be great. Now, this week on the Guitar Nerds podcast, we're actually doing a bit of a question special. Um, news has been a little bit light this week, well, as in there's no, you know, nothing really of question. any import. It it is yes, uh, nothing really of any import. But we have had some absolutely fantastic questions from the Guitar Nerds Facebook group. I mean, Facebook.com you say absolutely fantastic. Forward slash groups forward slash Guitar Nerds forum. Some of them are rather good. The ones um, that you have like filled in with with fake people and fake questions, those are quite good. <laughs> Who's what this about the, Mark the, Packham? Yeah, I don't trust him. <laughs> have you ever seen a ghost? Yeah, <laughs> that is that is not a question. But before <laughs> we before we uh, you know listen to the dulcet tones of the question duck and then answer the questions, um, Matt Knight, you you stuck some pictures up on the uh, on the Guitar Nerds Facebook group. Um, this this week about a new pedalboard. Actually, before I even get into that, I'd just like to welcome our new Patreon supporters um, for this week. It's one of um, them, my pedalboard. <laughs> welcome become to become self-aware uh, and subscribe to the, the Patreon. <laughs> so you're, yes, we're, welcome to Skynet, who has joined us. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, welcome to Stephen O'Loughlin, who joins us, and also to Gerald Pratt. Thank you very much. Couple of legends right there. Where, Thank you. Joe, and where are we at? What's what's going on? Uh, we're about the same. We sort of lost as many as we gained oh. this month, I'm afraid. So we're we're still sort of uh, we're still uh, you know we're still Almost, we are, we are within, you know, we are like, you know, Indiana Jones and the Lost Crusade. I can almost... The best one. Touch it, Dad, wherever he says. Ooh, I don't think it's that. I can almost reach it, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> uh, yes. You okay, Joe? Yes, absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. Are you, are you upset about uh, Sean Connery? Um, is, that yeah. what, is that what that was about? I tell you what, I did... Um, actually, the the <laughs> the night before the morning that we heard the sad news of the passing of Sean Connery, Sean um, uh, Emma Emma and I were My watching Emma and I were watching uh, The Devil All of the Time, which is a Tom Holland and um, uh, Robert oh, Pattinson movie. The new one is that a yes, new movie? Yes, we got about yeah. halfway through, and I, I'm afraid um, I, I, no spoilers. No, I, I'm just. I just don't like those sorts of films, and I was whining, and Emma finally gave gave in to me and and let me pick, stop the movie and let me pick a movie, and I picked. What did you pick? Did you the pick last the Crusade. new Borat movie? No. But you picked up the new the new. No, Borat I, movie. I don't really, especially like a lot of new cinema. I like watching the you know the the films that we all grew up on. So uh, so yes, I I, I, I some of us her... weren't born in the seventies, mate. True, so, true. You know, but I, I, I made her watch um, uh, the Last Crusade for the umpteenth time. But, uh, but I absolutely love that film. Everything about that movie is wonderful. So uh, good. It is a it is a fantastic movie. But actually, you know, speaking of mod mode, Matt, we we are um, 
we've started to put together the first few um, bits and bobs for a series we'll be launching in the new year, um, which I'm tentatively calling the Great British Build-Off. Uh, something like that. Why? Because uh, me and Matt are going to, because it's a play on the Bake Off, and me and oh, Matt are going to, me and Matt are going to off. build pedal boards. Uh, we're going to be setting ourselves uh, each a budget and a few rules, ground rules and limitations. Then me and Matt are going to each build a board, and uh, we're going to we're going to record a podcast about the building process. And uh, um, you know, the, then I I guess we we will ultimately. Um, demonstrate what our board can do to to our listeners, and uh, they can. Is it going to be like who that, wins? Is it going to be like that episode of Top Gear with the Hilux? You're going to like throw it off a building and stuff. It's like, oh look, well mine survived. <laughs> Matty yeah. with his uh, fourteen boss pedals on his <laughs> Schmidt array board. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well look, I actually took this to the bottom of the ocean with James Cameron, and uh, the TU3 still turns on. There you go. There you go. Now we, we we have actually selected our board. That was the first thing that me and Matt have done in this series. We're we're uh, we're each getting uh, Alder and Ash Journeyman. Um, we're going to get a pair of those. Take us on this journey, great. man. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. We've just got to choose our our woods and Tolexes, and we'll be good to go. But that's going to be exciting. Anyway, so speaking how, of pedal what, boards. What's, no, no, I want to hear. I want to hear. I want to hear mm. more about this. Sorry, yeah, I, yeah, sure. I, I, maybe you have been talking about this in our chat, and I have just ignored it. No, no. Me and Matt had a call about this separately. A couple oh, okay, of weeks cool. Ago, so I don't, so I don't, what's, I what's the deal then? What are you doing? You're doing like choosing a handful of a couple of drives each, a reverb, delay, etc., etc. Or I guess is it so. A bit more laissez-faire than that. We're still kind of in the process of putting together exactly what it what our ground rules will be, mm-hmm. but I think Matt, you had some ideas about that Matt didn't you I think I think yes there has to be like we shouldn't just build a board with you know whatever eight reverbs on it and then at the end make a ridiculous noise and be like there you go my board's better because that was that seems sort of unfair because of course you know there's going to be like a demonstration at the end and I imagine we could just fill it with crazy pedals and make the weirdest noise and probably win which seems a bit unfair so I guess we will set ourselves ground rules of making it a quite a functional um, board as well as being able to do crazy stuff, but I think yes, we should probably set ourselves. Yeah, I you know, think, what what do we say? We said um, we can't, we won't put a limit on the co- the total cost of the pedals on the board. You know, if we want to fork out for a clon, put it, you know, put it on there. Um, but on the same thing, we're like, well, then actually, then you could just buy a bunch bunch of vintage stuff, and then it makes it less appealing to the people that listen to this podcast who might hear the sound of something and go, oh, that sounds really good. I can't buy it. So I think we said one of the rules would be you, it can only be products that are available to buy right now. Yeah. Which I thought was quite a, quite a good one. Well, it does mean that half the stuff that I've got can't use because um, well, I've well, got loads of vintage it. boss pedals. But um, I don't know. I don't know if anyone listening to the podcast might have a couple of good ideas for rules. But mm. uh, I reckon one pedal per brand yeah, Matt suggested something one. like that. Actually, didn't you already suggest that, Matt? Did like I a, suggest a, that one? Maybe a I brand did. limit. I think it is a good. That is a good idea, Jay. Um, yeah, I, you know, I I had thought about like, should we make it all because we're going to order an ash? I was like, should we make it all British brands? But then I was like, no, there's there's too many there's too many awesome brands out there that I would would not want to exclude. Whilst I think British brands are going to play a strong part on my pedal board, um, you know, I'd hate to lose the opportunity to have some of the 
you know, really interesting companies that we found out recently, like uh, Jackson Audio and things like that. I hate. Yeah, it. I think. Um, yeah, I think one 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 pedal per brand is a good one. Yeah. Um, for sure. I think yeah, trying to trying to track down new stuff, and then I think we said that it has there. There's some types of effects that you have to have at least one of on there. So I think you know there has to be one make gooder. Yeah. I think there has to be something that does something weird. Yeah. Uh, we have to yeah. have at least one. One modulation. One modulation. At like least that. one modulation, because of course, you know, I imagine a limit that. of one modulation. I think that's a good <laughs> how many delay. how many pedals can you fit on a journeyman, Matt? Do you do you know? Uh, I I think eight to ten boss pedals. I want to say mm. maybe a bit, maybe a bit more. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, there's loads of great stuff out there. But I think it would be good if there were some rules, maybe set by by some of the group, maybe Jay, maybe Mark. And then we'll see what see what we come out with. Yeah, community rules. Time. I like that. Community mm. rules, and then we'll put it to a vote. Yeah, we'll do a podcast on it every week, or we'll do a couple talking about our choices, and then uh, I guess we'll demo it and put it to it, put it to a little vote, and see, see, uh, see how many Matt, how many points Matt wins by. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly where I was going with that. I see, I see. Very well, very um, well. Well, you know, speaking of speaking of pedals, Matt, you were you uploaded onto the Facebook group. A, 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 was it a new pedal board, or have you just got something else uh, up and running? It looks oh absolutely yeah, no, just got gorgeous. something. You know, just another one in the loft. You know, my loft is actually a, a uh, you know gear storage facility. Um, I think when we finally uh, you know sort of uh, convert our loft, there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to need a new home. Um, <laughs> I think you should just build build a roof box, move everything yeah. up there. <laughs> what like the ones you put on top of cars? Exactly. Just get loads one of those. For a house. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. uh, there is about seven flight cases up there at the moment. It's definitely, definitely going to need to find somewhere for those. Um, no, it's um, my, I say my old, it was my uh, custom pedal boards uh, ES8 case, which I've, I've had for ages. And uh, I just wanted to put a board, I, I've got so many great pedals through lockdown. A few wins, a few losses, a few things I've not been entirely happy with. Um, and... I just, I'm just going to, I kind of, I spent weeks just A, being like different types of pedal. I was like, here's all my fuzz pedals. I'm going to like play them all and see which ones are like best. And I was like, pick one. It's like, right now I need a boost pedal. And I was like, try all the different boost pedals. And then I can't, well, do those two work together? To finally try and actually nail a combination of pedals that I wouldn't want to change within like a week. Because obviously the amount of time it takes to put things together um, when you have to then, dismantle it it's very you know it's a very sad time yeah dismantling a pedal board um and so i actually what did you what did you go for fuzz wise fuzz wise uh so fuzz wise the dan drive secret weapon um which some people might remember i posted it's all pink with the pink circuit board uh basically like a germanium um it's, i think it's based off an old pedal called the zonk machine um which is basically a germanium fuzz, but with a tiny bit of octave up, just just a hair, just so you can you sort of get that kind of weird um, sort of intermodulating sort of fuzz harmonics when you like bend two notes and stuff like that. Oh, um, lovely! But very responsive to the volume control, which is great. And then a Boss FZ2 Hyper Fuzz, which I just couldn't you love that thing. It's just so good. It's just so good. Um, you know, and I I use it in the kind of super fuzz like octave up kind of setting the other fuzz 
is instantly famous as the sound of Electric Wizard, um, the the Doom band, um, because it is just like just meaty. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I use that, and then I stuck with the Dane for the dry stuff. Um, yeah, still love that. love some, Dane. Some real usual suspects on on this board for you. I think you, your board is quite a good overview of pedals that you always talk about. Yes, yeah. Well, the, the the big one that I finally got on a board. It's been in a, a couple of boards a few times, but you know I keep putting it on the a small board and I go, I wish it was on my main pedal board. Is my Deluxe Memory Man? Yeah, um, which just, it just sounds it just sounds so good. It's it's one of the early '90s reissue ones. Um, it just sounds so good. I, I just recently had it uh, recalibrated again, um, but I've run it with a gig rig wet box and that for a couple of reasons so the wet box is basically a two loop switcher that's then got a, a control that blends between loop a or loop b so a bit like an ls2 kind of kind of vibe I see. um but the big thing about it is it if you run a pedal in loop b um it's got trails which the deluxe memory man doesn't have so you can get all these like really nice ethereal like turn the feedback up and it's just on the edge of oscillation um, but then as soon as you hit the sw- foot switch, everything cuts dead, which is a, obviously a bit of a shame. And obviously, um, ES8 does have like a carryover feature that allows the trails to to go. But I don't like, one, hitting the foot switch on the Deluxe Memory Man because old electroharmonics pedals are a tad breaky. Um, <laughs> but also it allows, it's it's actually got a bit of a minor volume drop and you can adjust that volume drop with the wet box. So it just gives a bit of a clearer signal for... For the memory man, uh, revival trem, which I'm using as a bit you of a absolutely love that. From that pedal is the minute so I good. sent that up to you, the Origin Effects revival I trem. I don't half know if, drive, half yeah, tremolo. half half. Tre- I don't know if Jay or Mark managed to. I don't know if we had it gear of the year or not. I think it was came out at Nam this year, so I think it's absolutely one of my top choices for gear of the year this year. Uh, all analog drive based on a tweed um, Fender. Uh, no, Tweed Fender? No. Brown Face Deluxe, I think. Uh, it just sounds amazing. Super responsive, but it's got a proper bias tremolo in it. Um, so, you know, that's just wicked. Uh, Growl to Vibe, which I talked about before. Best mm. vibe pedal I've tried. Um, I've got the Deep Oggin on there, the, uh, the Thorpey. Oh, so you've got two Thorpeys on there. I have, yeah. For that, the Oggin for that CE1 type vibe, which we were talking oh. about a couple of weeks ago. Last week, yeah. Was it last week? God, how time flies. And then uh, I've got the MXR Phase 95 under the tier, so no one knows that I've got a mini pedal on my pedal board as well. And um, I, I run that. I, I started doing this a, a, a couple of board builds ago, but only discovered the real benefits of it recently. I run the H9 in... It's got like a pre-post... Mode. The Eventide H9. The Eventide H9. So you know, like, um, there's some pedals out there, like the Strymon Mobius. It's got stereo in, stereo out, but you can run a distortion pedal in one of the loops, so you can have a phaser before or oh, after the drive. Yeah. Um, you can do the same thing with the H9. So I run one half at the beginning of the board and one half at the end of the board. So basically, <laughs> the entire pedal board runs in the loop of the H9. So that means that you can have synth sounds or, you know, various different modulations or whatever at the beginning of your pedal board and then all the reverbs and stuff can come at the end of four cabling that's quite yeah four cabling with one pedal board it's yeah bloody brilliant uh and then i spent 
most of Sunday playing guitar where I discovered a synth sound on the H9 and then was running that into the mood and the deluxe memory man. And uh, yeah, I'm sure my neighbours were really pleased with me constantly <laughs> swelling in an open E note and it going, so for what are ages. You... <laughs> um, what are you using for reverb then? The H9 is your sole sort of Yeah, using that source. for reverb. It's, it's so The algorithms in that are so good. Um I mean, there's other dedicated reverb pedals out there, um, and I've been messing around. I've, I've got an RV6 um, here, which I've been messing around with a little bit, and I, I've got the Minim as well, which is really good. The Minim does a lot of the extreme the old blood stuff. noise endeavors Minim. Yes, um, it does a lot of the more extreme stuff, like the big reverbs. But I wanted something that did that, but also some of the more subtle stuff as well, like the springs uh, and yeah, the plates. Um, but then I also use the Mood for a lot of that. Um, because the mood does some big reverb sounds. Use the expression pedal to change the clock speed and get some sort of Eno esque. And is ambiance. that the the expression pedal you're using? Is the old blood noise endeavors the expression slider, right? Yeah, which is they're wicked. For I think they're thirty nine dollars. Yeah, what a cool way to add some expression to your pedal board. They look Quite, very actually, cool as well, which is really important. That'd be very cool in an RE20. Because, Jay, you're asking me about your RE20. I was like, that would be cool because that's how you change the speed in real time. A little yeah. expression slider. This week, Guitar Nerds is sponsored by Chox, the Danish power supply wizards who have been specialising in power supplies for effects pedals since 1991. Chox is proud to announce that the modular future power generation range of power supplies is now available everywhere. Chox's future power generation range consists of the DC7, which is the main unit, plus the Chox 4 expander kit and the Chox 8 expander kit and the standalone Chox 4 adapter kit. Each of these power supplies offer a groundbreaking one-inch profile ultra low noise achieved by multi-stage filtering 660 milliamps at 9 volts dc in each outlet four selectable voltages and each product comes with a large selection of flex cables included Plus, much more, and Chocks power supplies are covered by a five-year worldwide warranty. If you've got a smallish board you'd like to power via an adapter, Chocks 4 adapter kit is the way to go. Got a medium-sized pedal board with some power-hungry pedals on it? Well, the DC7 is the answer. The DC7 will also charge your phone via the built-in USB outlet, so you won't miss any important messages from your hungry fans. Got a large pedal board? The DC7 and Chocks 4 expander is what you need. Got a huge pedal board and need enough juice to power a small village get a dc7 connect it to the chox 8 expander visit chox at c-i-o-k-s.com for more info now back to the show just like yes. the uh like the um ibanez echo shifter Oh yeah! Oh, what a great pedal that was! Great pedal! Fantastic I can't believe pedal. they ever discontinued it. I know they've they, they've reintroduced it to their range now, but they just... only discontinued it. I, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but my understanding was they discontinued it because they changed the wood paneling. Mm. <laughs> okay, fair that was enough. that, and that was something that I think you said, Matt, because didn't you talk to someone? Was it like Joe Bonamassa's Guitar Tech or something? And they were saying that. Anytime they see one of those original ones, they buy it because it's like... I 
definitely remember hearing that from someone. I can't, I was can't it remember. Me? The, it, was, um, it was such an unusual company to, to turn up with like a, a slider-based vintage delay, you know? Uh, I mean, well, yeah, I guess so. But, you know, there's Ibanez have got a lot of history and a lot of prestige with pedals. And, oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, there, there, there's been a lot of innovation over the years. Um, it, even, well, a couple of years before that, you know, you've got the big airplane flanger, which is like... Oh, I'm still I mean, trying to get one of those. What on earth was that, obviously? But, but in, um, interesting that they never made it a range. You know, the the slider control and that was, was obviously did lend itself very much to delay as an, yeah. as an effect. But it was such an interesting chassis and, and such a unique way of controlling the effect it's just true to me that they didn't end up doing a reverb and a drive and a few other things with the same control layout at the same time i mean it was clearly designed to have the kind of look and feel of an re201 or you know Mm, like a proper mm. space echo and you know you don't get a dr201 you know roland never made a dr201 or a ch201 do you know what i mean like there are some things that just work with that style a lot better, and I th- I do think the delay is one of those. Yeah, yeah, um, I guess. You're but right. yeah, I, I I love that pedal. I think that is a, that is an absolute banger. But as Matt says, I, I um I've been spending a bit of time with my two hundred one this week, just trying to uh, with my RE twenty sorry this week, just trying a few different things. Um, uh, I'd never I'd never actually plugged an expression pedal into it, and uh, rather than uh, read the manual, I decided to you know text Matt, which is what I assume everybody does when they've got a problem. Oh, yeah, I, I know. I am a manual. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, you have to assign it, which is something that was just like, okay, this is this is getting a bit beyond me. I've got to be honest. I'm, I just, yeah, I'll just leave it. I'll leave it. No, no, but I did. I did. I got it all sorted out. And, yeah, sounds good. And it's, uh, you know, still just the bloody best. I, I think the RE20, I love it. It's uh, live long and prosper. I must it admit that good. would be the one pedal that I would swap out the Deluxe Memory Man for would be that. I mean, I sort of don't have to because, you know, I've got a real 201 here, so <laughs> yeah, I right, could right. have both my pedal board. Uh, I still, um, I'm still not convinced anything's ever been better than the RE20, you know, like just as a, as a, as a functional ambience pedal. I think in terms of recreating a 201, I definitely don't think anything's ever come as close. I mean, there's some great models in other People pedals. love the El Cap. And you know, I think in fairness, I've never tried the old cap, so it's it's great, it's great, but like, it's not an RE20, is it? You know, it's just, I don't know, I don't know. I I think the price of an RE20 works in its favor as well, as opposed to you know, a Strymon sort of price point, yeah. Yeah. The um, the pedal I'm super talking of, of ambience machines and that sort of stuff, the pedal I am super keen on trying, I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, is this new. Chase Bliss Automatone CXM seven nineteen seventy eight, which is their reverb version of the uh well, the Automatone is their sliding fader pedal. But talking this of is the, faders. The, the seven hundred and fifty pound reverb. Oh no, pedal. no, no, no. The Automatone uh Benson preamp is seven hundred and fifty pounds. The Automatone CXM nineteen seventy eight, which is the Chase Bliss. Meris collaboration is £899. <laughs> we have entered a new realm. Oh, I'm excited um, about it. This thing's wicked, though. It's based on a... Uh, it's based on an old lexicon rack unit, I think. Um, basically, and it's... I mean, it's just it just looks like a machine. Base, base and mids for the... Um, 
reverb time, crossover, treble, mix, pre-delay, and then you've got a bunch of other little features you can add in. It just sounds glorious. Um, and what, like five presets? Uh, I think you can have... I don't know how many presets. Or are there banks as well? Yeah, well, there's MIDI, so I'm guessing presets oh, okay. probably go up to like 128, 28, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's super expensive. Yeah. Super expensive. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I would... It's a big old junk. Yeah, I, I would be tempted, I must admit. But, you t- yeah, it's, I don't know. It's one of those things like probably should try it before taking the risk. But then again, you probably know <laughs> it's going to sound good. I haven't seen too many demos on it. I, I thought the, the Benson preamp one sounded cool, but I'm like, I'm just not going to get that much. For me, and I, and I realise I've got more drives than most other types of pedal in my collection i just like it to do one thing and one thing really well and then i just like to leave it uh whereas like modulation to reverbs i like to have loads of different things so the benson preamp for me was just like i just wouldn't wouldn't use the sliders or the presets and stuff like this one i'm like this could be this could be very especially if there are uh there's like trails ramping between the when you're like if you if you switch presets and you get some extreme uh, changes on like the time or whatever and if it's going like i mean you know i'd pay anything for that that sounds great <laughs> yeah especially when you get to watch a little slider go up and down at the same time um to do that i think that's quite cool all automated i mean it's it's definitely like the next level in guitar pedal development which i think is yeah i think it's great i guess the first that. the first thing to hit that price point that's not um vintage i guess yeah, the, when it comes yeah, to rack. Well, I suppose. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. If we're yeah. not talking about multi well, effects, mm, or yeah, something. or like a helix or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, th- I think probably. I think there's probably a, maybe a few odd boutique pedals potentially. Um, there's a company, a vintage company called Shinai. Obviously, they made the original Univibe. Yeah. Um, I I saw someone demoing their new what they're calling the Hendrix in a box, which is the psychedelic machine. So based off an old pedal, which I think was also called, I think it was called the Honey in about 1966, I think, um, which was basically Fuzz, Univibe and Octave Up all in one box. Um, Sounds sounds amazing. Uh, And they've just reissued it. Um, Unfortunately, their website is terrible. Um, But that's 1299. But then does it count? Because it's three effects in one. (laughs) <laughs> yes, technically a multi-effect, but um, no, yeah, but still. very cool. What was cool about this though is uh, it's three pedals in one, but um, each pedal has its own in and out, so you can reorder the pedals or you can insert other pedals into the change. I think is quite a nice little, uh, very nice, nice little touch. But yeah, yeah we, we are we are definitely entering a, a new world, as it were. Yes, yes, yes. I guess we are a new a new world of very very expensive. But I wonder if things will get ex- expensive enough for me to sort of you know think they're too expensive. I I tend to sort of fall on that. I tend to get a, a bit snobby with that stuff and think that expensive stuff is always better. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Anyway, we should uh, we should dive head first into some questions because I can hear the question duck there in the distance. There he is. Absolutely. Um, so yes, we're gonna we're gonna take a load of questions from the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum. First of all, Cass Jones um asks, what is the best reverb pedal out there? 
for good old Fender amp style reverb, I don't need all the Strymon bells and whistles. Ah. Oh. So you don't need an eight hundred ninety nine pound. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, I so- um, I've got an answer. Uh, something that you, I've got. Well, one pedal that springs to mind, which you can't buy anymore, and I would definitely. And we're talking about prices. <laughs> the yeah, I know exactly what you're the gonna say. Boss yeah. uh, FRV one, which Fantastic is the uh, the Fender. There was the collaboration with Fender based on their 63 spring reverb sounds amazing um you know just like we were talking about the re201 the re20 being the best 201 this is the best closest thing i think you'll get to the uh, 63 spring reverb tank without having a spring reverb Uh, unfortunately they are discontinued since discontinuation they have um ramped up in price an average you're looking at now is somewhere between 150 and 170 um but if you're looking for a reverb pedal to do that one specific thing then uh that is a very very good choice in my opinion mm, absolutely jay cross um what do you think because you know i've been, i i have actually been really impressed with the fender reverbs there are like three reverbs i think in the fender catalog at the moment the reflecting yeah. pool um, yeah, and then which there's is the a tree reverb verb. delay. Yeah, and then there's the tree verb and the... Oh, this was a question in the quiz a few weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah, It was, yeah, the marine um, layer. And actually, there's, an, layer, there's, there's a new one, which is the dual marine layer, um, which is uh, was announced at, in the summer and just started shipping. Uh, but um, for me, I mean, my favourite of, of all of those is the tree verb. Um, I, you know, the, the, they're all good if, depending on what it is that you want to do. But for me, the tree verb is just, it's just fantastic. You know, it's the, uh, kind of Fender, um, effects section of a deluxe in a box, you know, so you've got reverb on one side and you've got trem on the, uh, on the other side, which is, I thought the marine layer was the one that did all the sort of plate stuff. Well, um, so the, it depends what you're doing because the the marine layer has got three different reverbs on it um and uh but so does the so that's got a plate hall and a room hall and then special and then each of those has got three i think different uh sections so there's nine um different algorithms within the pedal but uh, for me, the, the 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 tree verb is the one. So you've just got three reverbs. So you've got sixty three, sixty five, and plate, and uh, yeah, just it just sounds so good. And then the other side, you've got the um, the tremolo, and uh, I absolutely love the the har- the harmonic trem on that side. So yeah, that for me is is really good. But you know, there there is a few extra bits and pieces um, on on that if you're just after like kind of a uh just a, a straight reverb just with with nothing else i mean my kind of go-to was always the hall of fame and i still think it's great but it's very you, good and it's you've not got a lot a, of money either well it's not a lot of money but there's still there is a lot of bells and whistles on it and actually you know i i, I think back to having this question when we worked in the shop people coming in and saying like look i just want I don't want anything fancy. I just want a reverb pedal. I just want to turn my reverb pedal on and for it to be reverb. I don't want 10 different options. And at the time, the Hall of Fame was always my kind of go-to. Um, and that was intimidating for a lot of people because it did have a lot of stuff on it. 
Um, and, I, you know, at that point, I just, I think it's difficult to look past, like, the Holy Grail. I think the Holy Grail is still a fantastic Great pedal. And if, yeah. if, if all you want to do is just have something that's, just really straightforward. Uh, you know, like you say, the marine layer is great, but there's there's still a few extra bits and pieces on there. If you just want something that's just a, a really easy reverb pedal and you turn it on and it's like, oh, yeah, there's reverb. Holy grail. This, you know, th- there's a reason why it has barely changed in, I don't know, when whenever that was released, 20, 25 years oh, ago. No, I think, yeah. well, yeah, maybe even longer. Yeah, I, I actually have no idea. I've uh, never had one on on a board of mine. You know, I don't think I'd even sort of recognise the, you know, any of its standard tones if I heard them. I don't think I've ever really sat down with a Hall of Fame. Just sounds like uh, a spring tank. That's yeah, what's... well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, the flurb is is pretty uh, is pretty unique. Yeah, um, I guess you got to make great. sure that you don't click on that one. <laughs> um, I had a Holy Grail for a while, which is like the massive old big box um, type, uh, which I trod on too hard and put my foot through, <laughs> and then it broke. I don't know where that went, actually. I, I am um, just in the bin. I'm also trying to understand what the difference is between... Ah, uh, right, okay. There's a Holy Grail. So now you can buy a Holy Grail Nano and you can buy a Holy Grail Neo. Neo. Neo's uh, the smaller one. No, oh. they're the same size because they both oh. come in the same box now. But the Neo is Spring Hall Plate and the Holy Grail is the classic Spring Hall Flurb. Oh, so the Neo is maybe the... That was the Holy... Maybe those are the, the Holy Grail Plus. Yeah, because... No, what? which one? Because when we were, there was the Holy Grail and the Holy Grail Plus, I think. Holy Grail... <laughs> it's, it's time for the Electroharmonics Hour. Yeah. No, right. Okay. So let me let me quickly let me quickly okay. see if I can summarise this. So Holy Grail Plus has uh, three controls. So you go between Spring Hall and Flurb. Yeah. You have an amount control and a blend control. Okay. The down from that is the Holy Grail, which Why just do you need has amount and blend. Wait, so what was the first one? The first one was the Holy Grail, Holy Grail Plus. Plus, that's the plus. Uh, Jay, the reason you would need amount and blend is if you want to have a really high reverb yeah. decay, but, but obviously with... have it low in the yeah. mix. Okay, which is, yeah. Which is what I do on my. Yeah, Morgan. okay. That's same. Yeah, thing. that's fair. That that makes sense. Yeah. And then you from that you've got the Holy Grail, which is the standard one, the Holy Grail Nano, which is Spring Hall and Flurb. With just a reverb amount control. You then have the Holy Grail Neo, same yeah. box, same controls, except yeah. you have a plate instead of a flurb. Flurb. And then up from that, you have the Holy Grail Max, which has all four algorithms in it. So, <laughs> uh, and has the blend and time control. So, uh, what was the flurb? A flurb is a flanger and a reverb. Yeah, so the, the reverb was flanged. Flanged. Right. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And uh, actually looking on... Um... Sorry, sorry, sorry. Hang on one sec. Joe? Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. Why? I'm just going to say it again. The reverb was flanged. <laughs> I, d- I, d- I don't understand you just saying like, right, yeah, okay, fine, next point, move on. Yeah. That's the sort of thing that normally makes you fall off your chair. <laughs> I d- yeah, I, I mean, that, that's definitely cool. Can you can you affect the speed of the flange? No. No, oh, no. It's predetermined. It's predetermined. What makes you think you know better? Come because on. Because I want my flange to be really slow. I like, I like flange to sound like someone's just, you know, pressing their finger against the tape a little bit, you know. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I like right, George Martin, calm that, down. That organic flangey sound. There is, um, I tell you what, it's it's amazing how far we've, we've come in terms of reverb pedals, considering the old GAC days. Uh, just just on, a, uh, on Anderson's website, just went to reverb pedal. Who? Anderson's. First 24 reverbs, I set the price from low to high. Starts at 899. <laughs> Cheapest what? one, 269. Wow. That's the first 24 reverb pedals at the highest price. I mean, some of the stuff you've got here, obviously the Chase Bliss, which we talked about, the new Night Sky, the Death by Audio Rooms. The, the one pedal we haven't talked about a lot, probably since it came out, was the Seymour Duncan Dark Sun, which was oh, their yeah. digital delay yeah, and yeah. reverb. Um, but you've got, yeah, the Ventress, the Chase Bliss Dark World, the Source Audio Super Collider, the Meris, loads of stuff. But there's a whole oh, bunch of... Oh, the Mercury of, 7. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Um, but actually, one thing... Well, yeah, well, obviously, we talked about the Flint. Um, but there's loads of pedals on here that, that cover that this question. Basically, <laughs> the, what's the most springiest spring? Um, and there's actually <laughs> a... Uh, there's a pedal by Source Audio called the True Spring. Well, what about uh, Anasound? Anasound did the did an, an actual, actual spring. spring with their element. It was called, I think. Yeah. So uh, there's 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 loads out there. For for my money, like I said, FRV one. Um, mm. But if you if it's something that you need to buy right now, I think Jay's choice of Holy Grail is pretty pretty damn yeah, good. Not a bad choice. You know the the pedal that actually probably the reverb pedal that was on my baseboard for the longest amount of time of any reverb pedal um, was the the Hall of Fame Mini, the Hoff. Which was yeah. just all you had was, I think, the like, like the effect level control, and everything else was predetermined. It was actually very good. Just as Wait, a was simple... it predetermined, or was it you set it in the uh, you set it in the oh, yeah. um, yes yes tone print uh, tone print yes you could absolutely set it up on that. I never did. I never plugged it into anything. It just went straight on my board, 
had the Isn't level that, set. Like, because you already had your own signature sound. <laughs> you just like, yeah, that's the one for me. I have my own signature vibrato sound. Uh, yeah, not, I not I thought you you said you hacked it, didn't you? That was, that was you that posted that article on the dark web. Mm. I thought. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's what I did. But um, yeah, I always thought that was a really good sort of functional, simple reverb sound. You know, oddly enough, I hardly own any reverb pedals, even though I absolutely love playing very reverb intensive guitar at home but i do it you know almost almost exclusively through the reverb on the blues junior or um or you know i was using the the 63 spring reverb setting on the helix or now using the uh the gt1000 core just using their simple spring reverb on there um, I don't. I don't actually use any dedicated pedals, weirdly enough. But, uh... This episode of Guitar Nerds is brought to you by Shergold Guitars and their latest electric guitar, the Provocateur. Celebrated by Total Guitar Magazine as one of the most refined single cuts on the market with endlessly satisfying playability and a flawless set of tones. The Shergold Provocateur combines remarkable specification with a retro vibe for a unique and bona fide rock guitar. From the brand that once powered the likes of Joy Division and is now championed by modern guitar pioneers and So I Watch You From Afar and many others comes a fresh and exciting range of electric guitars. Designed by legendary British guitar luthier Patrick James Hegel and featuring a roasted mahogany neck and a solid mahogany body loaded with USA-made Seymour Duncan pickups, it's easy to see why Guitarist Magazine officially voted the provocateur one of the best electrics of 2019. You can find your nearest Shergold dealer at shergoldguitars.com and if you're not in the UK, don't fear. Many UK-based Shergold dealers have super awesome international shipping options to guarantee your Shergold will make it to you in the most far-flung of places. Proudly stand out from the crowd and discover yours today at shergoldguitars.com. Shergold Guitars. Be your own original. But yes, the, you know, the, I don't know, org- organic... Nothing for me. You know, a few weeks ago, I was recording this. Uh, I was recording this record with my girlfriend Emma, and um, I had to record in some very reverb-heavy guitar. And the first thing I did was, you know, to be simple, um, I just ran it straight into the uh, into my interface, and I used uh, just some just plugins, just an amp plugin and a nice reverb plugin. And I was like, oh, it's just, it sounds a little bit flat um, if, for me. So I was like, well, I'll try and, you know, maybe I'll try something else. Um, and it was, this was shortly before I got the GT1000 core. So I was like, well, I'll try that. You know, the Helix has some fantastic reverbs on there. I'll do that. So I went direct in and I was still like, it sounds fine, but it's it's not, I didn't feel it was, it wasn't sounding as, the reverb wasn't as dynamic as as I wanted it to be. And I ended up miking up uh, blues, the Blues Junior with mm-hmm. just the reverb absolutely cranked. And it sounded just completely wonderful. Mm. Um, and I thought I, I found at the time, this was, like I said, like weeks ago, maybe over a month ago. And I was too sort of in it. I was too close to the record. So I had to sort of put it down and, you know, come back to it later. And as it happened, we wrote a load of other stuff. And I only come, came back to it last week. 
and listened to all the guitar takes I had in the different versions. And I was like, wow, like for all the fantastic plugins and wonderful digital amp sims, an SM57 up against a, you know, a maxed out reverb tank on a Blues Junior, which was like, I was playing it far too loudly for, you know, for living in a, you know, a house with a next door neighbor. Um, it, it just sounded absolutely incredible. Um, and, you know, and I know for recording, I'm, I'm such a complete digital convert. I was surprised to find as that, oh, even, even with not a great miking situation, like a 57 doesn't really do the best job for recording. Um, yeah, you just can't top a, you can't, you can't top real Fender reverb, you know, it's yeah. just, still yeah. sounds, still sounds no, the best. It's, uh, it's just made me just quickly look up, uh, the, one of the amps that I've, I've, lusted after for a while which i thought was always dead cool is the supro uh 1605r oh yeah uh, which is their little five watt um one by eight they i think they also do it in a head version as well but it's got a reverb out um so you can you can record so it's basically a dry out a reverb out and a mix out so if you just want to record the spring sound separately to the drive sound Ooh. you can which i thought yeah i like that it's very cool so the wet output provides a hundred percent wet reverb signal and then the dry is a hundred percent dry so you can mix them out when recording but i thought that was very very cool not enough places seem to stock supro um we should definitely no, they do try make and get some of those fantastic, amps. wonderful looking amps as well, which is like a, I guess I mean, wonderful looking amps for if you want an amp for your front room, you know, to noodle around on, which I think in the in the current circumstances is becoming more and more important. Like a good looking amplifier that's going to work in your lounge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it matters sure. a little bit more than it did. And I think Supra are a wonderful brand for that. That's sort of uh, that like vintage TV style uh, amp front. I think is uh, mm. is lovely. They they're very cool. We we do actually have a, a question about sort of little amps like that. Cat Stearman says, "I'm just gonna. We've got some other questions to answer before this, but let's let's go ahead to this one right now." Cat Stearman says, "What are the best small rigs for home? One watt and five watt type amp suggestions." I'm guessing he wants to go specifically for. That, it, it, well, I mean, I guess so. If you're saying one watt or five watt, but you know, that's that's kind of neither here nor there. I mean, who cares how you power an amp? It's how it sounds, right? So it's that's, uh, so that's let's let's talk about the yeah. So let's talk about what amps. If you're looking for something a small rig for home, then I, I would presume you know we're not talking about recording. We're talking about plugging in your favorite guitar in your living room, and you know. And it's sounding good. It actually sounded good. So let's talk about digital stuff as well as solid state stuff or or valve one watt and five watt stuff. I think some of that is very good. Um, Matt Knight, what do you reckon? Um, the problem I've I've found with one or five watt valve amps is they do sound obviously like five watts is still pretty loud. One watt to me just doesn't give you enough headroom. I almost see it as a bit pointless. For a valve amp, unless well, it depends if you a, want to drive it, doesn't it? Yeah, if you want to drive it, but if you want, but then if you want to put things in front of it, or you're, I think if you're just noodling around at home, for me, I always want an amp that I can dial in pretty much anything and then not have to worry about sure, it. Sure. Um, and one amp that I've been currently re enjoying, um, which I've, I've had for ages um but it sits under my desk and every now and then i'll plug plug into it if i uh you know it's the working day and 
obviously Amy, my partner, works in the other room, so I can't really crank things during the day. But the <laughs> Roland Microcube GX, um, portable <laughs> Diddy. So not what I expected. You that, to say. I mean, I mean, I could have said Katana, but obviously. I mean, I thought you were going to go for like the little jazz chorus. No, I'm, honestly, because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that he wants. If you're talking one five, wants a small little combo, great for playing at home. Bunch of different sounds in, and uh, when this is all over, can take it down the park <laughs> and have a little jam. Um, down the pub. Down the pub with a pint. Left the amp at home. Don't need that. But actually, <laughs> yeah. it's portable. It does come with a little strap, so you could have it with you if you wanted. But actually, no, uh, we, we laugh. But I actually think absolutely great. Loads of different amp models, uh, a few different effects, uh, an auxiliary in if you want to play along to some backing tracks. Um, and actually, it has one feature uh, I totally forgot about. has a um, the iCube link, uh, which basically you plug it in with a little cable which comes with it and allows you to integrate with a iPhone app, which is totally free, um, and you can record straight onto your phone. <laughs> well, so if you're tight. sort of jamming around and coming up with ideas and you go, oh, that's really cool, you plug this little cable in with your phone, play along, record it straight into your phone um so uh, i thought that was that was really cool um so for me if you just need something that like can store away when you're not using it just want something to use at home i think they're 139 quid just, just uh, i'd just be so much better than any in fact less than that 109 pounds um it's just better than any one or five watt because the only ones that string spring to my mind are the black star ones and I'd much rather have a, a slightly bigger solid state amp. Wow, this uh, yeah, fair enough. I mean, you know, I was always a, a, a sucker for the Marshall Class Five. I think it was a, a fantastic amp. Again, you've got to turn it up quite loud. People forget yeah. how loud so, five yeah. watts actually is. Yeah, yeah, and I, and actually, I don't know if they still do the Class Five. I think it is just the Origin Five, isn't it? Oh yeah, no, you'd have to buy an old one or, or buy the Origin. I've not heard the Origin. I assume it's it's good. The Class Five to me stood out as being you know pretty fantastic. I mean, the, the thing is, is I I, to, I kind of agree with Matt. I think that um, one to five watts is. I mean, it's kind of neither here nor there, um, unless you're going for like, like the the Vox AC fours. I always thought were pretty good. Oh, they um, were wonderful. But again, you you kind of needed to turn them up a little bit to to get anything out of them. Um, same with obviously this is a, a bit more money, but like you know, fifty seven champ or something like that. They're only i don't know five or six watts something like that and but again you you just need a you need to get a bit of air through in order to to make it sound good i mean i've, I've been having a look at um at some options because I, th I think this is an area which generally was pretty underserved when we were when we were uh, working at uh, oh absolutely i kind of feel like the class five was like a, a, a the first five watt thing yeah, probably I mean, that i really was... knew about there was the the Lion Hearts, the Laney Lion Hearts. Oh, of course, yeah. um, there was a five watt one of those. Oh, of uh, the 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 Cub, if you wanted something a bit cheaper, um, there were a, watts, a number of those kind of high uh, high high uh, spec Marshalls. They did the the like JCM in a in a in a one watt and a five watt and like a oh, they did JTM the slash amp, didn't they as well? What's that? Sorry, they did the slash. In a five yes. watt, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, I've just been having a look to see what other options there are, you know, newer options. And um, these, I don't know if you guys are uh, familiar with the the Milkman yeah. uh, small amps. So they've, they, these look like they're fairly new. I don't think I've seen these. Although I vaguely they actually, remember us they talking about them. They do a little one watt 
one. Yeah, they? the one watt plus, um, which looks pricey. really nice. It's got, uh, I think that's an Alnico blue in it. Oh no, it's a, it says it's a greenback, but that is definitely blue. So I'm not sure. Um, but uh, that that looks really nice. And uh, Tone King do some some five watt amps as well. But I mean, the thing is, is that. I think those amps, re- they do something very, very specific. And, uh, you know, the the sound that you're going to get out of that is like, it's going to be kind of like crunchy blues. Yeah. Um, and if you want something a bit more dynamic, I, I just think there's so many options for um, like attenuated amps, di- digit- yeah. you know, digital amps, whether you're looking at a Katana or, you know, like the Tone Masters, I think are a great option for that. Um, I, I that would just that would be the way that I would go rather than going down the route of wow, trying yeah. to like really stick with something that's like absolutely yeah. foul. I think the, you've just could, especially at the moment, I think people have just got to work within their limitations. And you know, if you live in in an inner city, you're just you're gonna get a better sound from mm. better is obviously very subjective, but like I th- for me, I would much rather have something that was kind of simulating a valve sound. If I can't get a proper valve sound at a proper volume, you know, I've got yeah. a, I've got a Princeton here, which I just I barely get the chance to turn up because it's like I live in a I live in a crowded street and it's um, you know, my girlfriend works in the like I'm upstairs and she works in the in the room directly below me, so like even during the day I can't really turn it up because she's on the phone most of the time. So we've we've just we've all got our limitations, and I think it's it's that there's some great options out there. Uh, for for people who want to have that kind of simulator, that, um, it does. Sorry, go on, Matt. I was going to say that Milkman One Watt Plus is actually ten watts. Um, it's just called oh, the okay. it's called the One Watt Plus. Um, but yeah, I oh. mean, great. Oh yeah, but, but <laughs> so uh, it is. <laughs> no, the reason I was saying was uh, obviously if if that's within your budget, uh, coming in at a standard price. Obviously, there's a bunch of other options. Combo is uh, fifteen nine nine. Oh no, but right. the it's got an attenuator. It has. The so the the milkman is it's got um volume treble bass and then an attenuator on the t- on the front, which is interesting. Mm, um so presumably cool. it goes it goes one watt to uh so yeah, onboard power scaling drops the amp from ten watts down to one watt. Um the, I think this looks great. I think it looks fantastic. Yeah, that is a super cool product obviously with a with a price tag attached yes of course yeah yeah well i mean you know it's it's milk and it's definitely um, gonna be uh, a budget option but um i think i think it looks great uh, and uh also jay you said 84 and then that reminded me that at one point i owned a vox 84 did you <laughs> do you, i don't know if you remember i owned a which f- which version Oh, the hand-wired I own no, I only owned. You've probably forgotten this, and I'd forgotten until I just saw a picture of it, and then I've seen the price that one's selling for, and I'm dying inside. I owned <laughs> an original, fawn-covered oh, yeah. 1960s Vox AC4. Of course you did. Wait. Yeah, the the okay. original coloured, the early ones, the oh, cream-coloured no. ones. Oh, so the ones when it was in the original TV housing before they made the housing the same as like the the modern no, AC series. No, it, I think. Well, it's. I'd have to. I'll have to share a picture in the group, but looks like a mini AC thirty, basically. Right. So AC it's 15. not. It's not the original. Right. Finish. Um, okay. But yeah, basically nineteen sixty one by the looks of it. Uh, you know, if I want oh, to pick man. one up now, I mean, I let that go for peanuts. Um, probably for some other bit of 
crap. You should have sold it for did. money at least. Uh, well, at the time, I don't think um, <laughs> traded it for some peanuts. Were, peanuts were high in value because of their incredible salt content, <laughs> and salt was a rare commodity at that point. Right, I see. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, they're selling now for uh, over two grand. So uh, definitely, definitely lost out. Uh, <laughs> no, selling that. that is awful. I mean, I sold it like ten. Two years grand. Ago. Sorry, two grand. Two <laughs> grand. Good lord. And I mean, it did. Man, work. You're an influencer. If you weren't before, you certainly are now. I know, man. Oh god. I missed that ant, but that sounds good. I can't remember what I sold it for, and I don't even want to know because it was probably something that I still don't own to this day. So, um, oh, Matt. I know. I'm Never sorry. sell anything. That's the lesson yeah, of life. That's it. Never sell anything. Yeah, I think you know. Coming back to the amp thing, the one or five watt amp. Yes, you know, I, I do think things like the Katana um, and the Fender GTs are are both absolutely extremely wonderful options. The Katana just for simplicity and incredible tone. I love the um the foot switch you can get with the katana i think it opens up so just just an incredible if you can plug that thing into a computer the 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 amount of options that you know are now accessible to you via the katana i don't need to go on about it again on the podcast but it's very good and if you want something that's small compact and and compact and does a fantastic job of of like clean fender amps and i think the gt uh what's the smallest one the gt 40 the is is that right fender the, for, yeah the fender gt40 is that the yeah. smallest one for, uh, yeah. for sort of for wonderful headroomy sort of fender tones some of the um because of course all the on the on the gt1000 there are all the presets are based on existing fender amplifiers or legendary fender amplifiers and there are some wonderful tones on there so they're very good but you know yes if you want to go valve I don't know if I agree with you guys. I think like low watt low wattage amps sound fantastic at home. I'm, uh, you know, you were just talking about the fact that you've been annoying your neighbours. Well, yes, that was with a fifteen watt Fender amp. But you know, at the moment, I've got, you know, I guess a, a slight plug. I've got an Ashdown AGM five. The Here we five go. Watt. Here <laughs> we go. <laughs> this? Come for goodness' sake. You guys do it all the time. I, it's I've got this Ashdown AGM five here, which is their five watt um, all valve guitar amp, and that has a stealth mode, which brings everything down to like a quarter of a watt. Um, which I still think so. I actually don't use it because I, I I I quite like the headroom, you know, as Matt says. But you know, I've I've found it to be very good. I still think the Marshall Class five is the best sort of little amplifier I've ever had. Um, I'm shan't sold my one of those either. They were extremely uh, good for a sort of you know being able to get a little bit of grit out of your home valve rig, and especially if you want something that looks good. The class fives just you know they looked absolutely fantastic. Mm, now we should uh, we should get one one more question in um, before we go. So um, Jay and Matt, we can have Paul's question or Dan's question. Which one would you like? Uh, I'm not even looking at the questions. No, that's so okay. That's okay. Throw them um, at me. No, that's yeah, all right. Yeah, you, you, you go, Joe. Choose, choose. Pick your, pick your poison. Paul Cow says, "Are old guitars worth it, or should, um, uh, or should I buy modern built relics instead?" <laughs> oh, that's a can of worms. Uh, it really is. I mean, do I... we do we need to tell do we need to tell the story about Matt's seventy two? Telly, Vest, Telly Standard again. Um, 
I was going to say I hate vintage guitars, which is a lie. That's, <laughs> not, that, that's not true. I think, I mean, Joe, you said something earlier. I think, you know, I can't remember what it was going to, but about playing it. And if it sounds good, it, it sounds good. And if it, you know, if it feels good, it feels good. I think the problem is, is what's classed as a vintage guitar now is much wider. 2004. 2004, 30 years <laughs> Yeah, I've got, this, I've got this vintage 2004 uh, Les Paul Studio in wine red with gold I mean, hardware. I mean, it's scary that people go, I've got this vintage. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've got an 88 Strat. It's like, it's vintage. It's, you know, it's like, what? Really? Um, Nobody listening to this podcast was born after 1988. So <laughs> yeah. I don't think that counts as vintage. Um, I think it depends. I think it really depends. I think if you're going to go down real vintage, like if you're like, right, I'm going to buy a Strat, do I buy an original 60 Strat or a custom shop? 60 strat. I mean, the first thing is obviously if you can afford an original one. Well, you I certainly, think- yes. I think you, you apply that to Fender or Gibson. And yes, the price of vintage guitars is astronomical. But outside of those two brands, the vintage guitars are as affordable as yeah. a modern guitar. I, I, but I, I think, you know, if he's saying relic one, I'm, I'm guessing he's probably looking down the Fender or Gibson. Sure. I think, you know, if you're looking outside those two brands, there are things like Tysco or, you know, uh, you know, old Ibanez or similar that you just, yeah, you know, Harmony, no, no, you definitely want to stay Harmony, away from any, Hoffner, any, you know. any like, any like eighties Japanese stuff. You definitely want to stay away from <laughs> yeah, Don't want to go worst. anywhere near any of that sort of so stuff. Just send thank it to you, me and I'll, I will take care of it. Um, or yeah, send it to Joe. Um, yeah, I think there's, there is stuff. I think, yeah, if you're looking down the Fender or Gibson route, obviously if you can afford the original, I think you have to hunt a little bit more to find a good one. Um, why, I think that's, why that's, is that why is that you because think, people messed around with them I mean I've watched so many videos recently of like people who had a Strat who bought a Strat in the 80s because it was to a 20 year old guitar and then just like did all the stuff that people were doing to it in the 80s like Van Halen's like yeah I'm going to put a Kayla speed loader on it and Kayla, hum- Kayla trim was exactly what I was <laughs> <laughs> and you know and a humbucker and then I'm going to you know and it's like well you know, and so you, you get a lot of stuff that's like non-original where stuff needed refrets and yeah, yeah. you know, if you I, I don't, don't think that's I don't think that's necessarily a problem though. As long as you're like not paying through the nose for something like that. No, like, that's but, that's the thing. Like as long as you're if you're getting a vintage guitar that has you know, because you see them sometimes that were that have been turned into Frankensteins and then they've been turned back into, you know, relatively traditional strats or whatever. And I think as long as you're not paying mint money for a guitar that's clearly been hacked about i think that's fine if you want something that's like oh this is a 60s strap but i tell you what it's the it was an 80s strap for a while you know i think that's i think that's fine as long as you're not paying 20 grand for it you know what i mean sure Mm, i think if you play it and you like it then good just don't buy it for the wrong reasons don't buy it don't buy it because you think i guess that what I'm, i'm saying is don't buy a vintage guitar because it's a vintage guitar and you think it's going to make you loads of money because you should be buying mm. a guitar that you want to sit down and play yeah, and not necessarily care about. You want to play it and enjoy it. And if you're buying, I'm going to buy this, this 1959 ES175, you know, because it's slightly more affordable than a 59 Les Paul and I'm going to sit on it and I'm never going to play it. Then is that what you really want? If so, then great. But 
the guitar won't be as good hung on the wall as it will be actually actually played. So I think you need to be buying it for the right reasons. If you want a real workhorse, you might so, be better off with a mod guitar. What you're saying is if you've got the opportunity to buy a 1972 uh, Telecaster standard, but you've got to sell your <laughs> dream uh, two pickup Esquire in order to, sorry, one pickup Esquire in uh, Tails Turquoise or whatever ridiculous colour that it was, and there was only four made of ever, and it was your dream guitar and you managed to get one against all the odds. And, but you've got to sell that in order to get the 72 Tele. You should do it or shouldn't do it. Sorry, I'm, I'm a little bit definitely, confused there, Definitely, definitely, definitely do not sell your dream guitar that would be a mistake a yeah, I, I think Crap. it <laughs> <laughs> i bet i would have liked that that 70s i mean 70s has always been a contentious time period for well that's and that's Defender that's what as well. you know that's what matt is saying with regards to like you've and i think that's the case with a lot of this stuff is if the kind of you know 2000s onwards um has has brought anything it's certainly stability and uh, you know, I I I think that's stability of quality. You mean. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I think that by and large, you know that if you're buying a 2012 American Standard Strat, it's going to be great. And likewise, if you're buying a uh, you know a, a uh, custom shop Les Paul from from 2015 it's going to be really good so you don't need to worry too much about it but if you're going to be buying a uh 1973 jaguar without trying it yeah maybe you want to like think a little bit more about that you know that's that's kind of where i where i am with it i i definitely agree i think um I think what you have to kind of think about and decide is what's important to you as a player. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's whether it's viable playability, because a lot of the time with vintage guitars, yeah, you are, you know, there are going to be things with them. And for me, like, I, I really love those things. I think that gives the guitars character and, and, and vibe. Like my, my 1969 uh, precision bass, which is my favourite thing to play, and is the, you know, the the only bass that sits on its own stand in my room and I pick up as my thing that I go to all the time, you can't play that really above the the 13th or 14th fret because it's, there's a twist in the neck. So you just, you don't have any, <laughs> you don't have any notes above that. Right. So it's kind of, not not that that's a really an area that I use very often. Um, but, you know, there, there are, this is, that's not a fully functional guitar um, <laughs> in, in sort of, you know, any any sense of the word but i do think it sounds absolutely incredible i do think there's a there's a tone to it that's like nothing else i've picked up and i think you get that sometimes with vintage guitars if you love the sound of old records and things like that then you know a lot of that is achieved on this sort of magical mystical thing that was the instruments that were made at the time so if that's the most important thing to you then absolutely a vintage guitar if you're looking for something reliable i think that's a different you know, there's a reason I don't gig the 69 P bass. I did when I when I bought it. I, it came to one gig and um, and you know I I hit it too hard and uh, like the the low you know D string for me or the the low string came out of the nut because I play sort of a, a heavy gauge string and I didn't want to change the vintage nut that's there. <laughs> you know. Um, and yeah, I spent half the gig having to yank the string back over into, you know, 
in, into place and things like that. So it's it's sounds incredible, just absolutely not something that's going to be incredibly reliable. Um, yeah, I think that's my takeaway for for vintage stuff versus modern stuff. But um, but yes, that I mean that actually brings us up to time on this week's episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast. So we're going to be continuing over on our Patreon on patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Uh, we're going to continue um, on the questions front. We've got some other good questions. Matt, you've got a question coming up all about uh, pedal boards and Schmidt array. Um, Is it we're going to be Is pink the best color. <laughs> that's that's Find one of the out questions. That, Jay, you've got a wonderful question about uh, about Les Paul Juniors. Okay. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be great. There's there's a question about bluegrass bands for you, Jay, as well. That's going to be good. Yeah, um, my favourite uh, type of grass. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, dear listener, you can, of course, join us over on Patreon. You can become a Patreon supporter of Guitarnas for as little as a dollar a month. A dollar a month will get you this regular episode ad-free and early every week. And at the $5 tier, you get access to our Patreon-specific episode plus the entire back catalogue of Guitar Nerds episodes. And at the $10 tier, you get all of those things plus you get your name sung in a lovely song at the end of each week's episode. You can follow us on all the major social platforms with at Guitar Nerds and join us on our Facebook at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Guitar Nerds forum. Thanks very much for tuning in. We'll be back next week with more of this guitar nerdery. Farewell. Cheers, guys.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.